welcome back to the Saniac Podcast. We have missed you all. It feels great to be back. For you that are new to this page, this is the Saniac Podcast. We are a one-stop shop for all things The Challenge, basically just your mega challenge hub. We host live weekly recaps and cast interviews right here on our Facebook page. We also have a killer website for you guys to check out with tons of awesome challenge content in there. You can check us out at SaniacPodcast.com or at Saniac Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit. Zach, I missed you. I missed you too, Shani, while you were over in the motherland or the homeland. I don't know. There's, I know there's some affectionate term you use for it. Yeah, we uh, use the homeland, but honestly, either, either works. Because uh, I would say Africa is my motherland. I would say Africa okay. is my motherland. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, <laughs> but yes, here we are. We said we'd be back. It's been a while. Uh, this is not going to go the way that last season went. Last season, Final Reckoning was so bad that we just we didn't even bother finishing it. But we're here. <laughs> I actually finished that. Remember, I fi- I did the recap of the final, but my yeah. God, was it miserable! It was tough. I remember watching the final, um, and whoo, man, I was <laughs> I, I was happy to not to not go on after that because <sighs> I, I just I would have said so many mean things. No, I think I think the season will end off a lot better. Uh, all right, so we're going to start this off for you guys today. We're going to go into episode 12, then we're going to get into episode 13. We're going to take a little break, watch the episode live, everybody together, and then we are going to come back on for regular programming, our recap after. So it is a three recap mega day today. We like to call this our little marathon. Um, and, you know, there is so much, I have to say. I think I because I wasn't able to also express my opinions on the groups and, you know, just chatting to everybody because I was so busy. I have more to say than usual on the episodes. I just haven't released mm-hmm. any of this stuff. And I've been reading stuff and have not responded. And that's a very difficult thing for me to do. So I have so much to say to all of you guys. And I know me and Zach are going to disagree big time with his ninja hating ass in this building. Oh, so baby. Yeah, I go. cannot wait to get into that. Um, all right. Might so we're going to start this off with uh, probably the shittiest portion of this season like ever which was the elimination starting off episode 12 and it was george's elimination she picks nani to go in and i mean this is like one of the worst setups i've ever seen purely because they brought in two people who essentially determined who was going to win who had no stake in that elimination whatsoever i mean that is just mega bullshit it's an issue the, the first thing that stood out to me was okay this is something they came up with like when it was still a team season and then somebody decided on the fly all right we're going to be individuals now but then they were like well fuck now we need an elimination well what about this elimination we didn't use that we were going to use when we were a team season okay let's bring this out that it just it was scatterbrained mm, uh, i could me. see that, that happening of it. um that's also i mean I feel like at this point, I, I'm yet to be proven incorrect in that I was worried that the season might lose a little steam going from pairs down to a solo act. Uh, they haven't proven me wrong yet because the season has kind of cooled off for mm. me within the last couple of weeks. This this was definitely a low point and we saw what happened to Nani and I can only imagine the way that she must have gone off on production after it was over. Like, what was that shit? I've given you guys a decade and this is what you come at me with. Yeah, to think that this was her big comeback and she got shafted. And, you know, we don't we don't really accept excuses much, but it's not like Nani's taken to Twitter and been crying about it also. Uh, but the fact that she got shafted so intensely, like, I think she has 
very legitimate reason to complain about the situation uh, that she was put in. And, you know, I agree with you. I feel like it was not thought out whatsoever. I, I think it could have been, you know, a backup, a limb that they had from when there was pairs still in play. Um, but either way, it was almost unexcusable that they wouldn't redo that elimination because they redid the milk and cookies elimination with uh, Natalie versus bananas. You know, when they had their mm -hmm. hands up, they redid that one. That was a second elimination that they had shot. So they could have easily rectified that situation in the moment, realized how horrible it was instantly after Georgia had lifted her hands up, they could have realized that uh, and made the call there. And for me, I agree that the, the season has tapered off. You know, it's gone downhill, not necessarily straight downhill, but it is going in that direction. And I think it's ever since Bear left. I was literally about to say the same thing. For anybody that was questioning, like, like where the juice was coming from this season, once Bear left, we, we lost so much. Uh, Anthony says that that was the worst elimination ever. And honestly, I might agree with him. Now, I want to know what Alon thinks about this because he wrote that article about the worst elimination. Uh, yes, Alon. Alon <laughs> yes. Aguirre. Alon, Alon. It's really important that everyone understands who Alon is because he's a big yes. challenge writer uh, in the community and he's one of the best challenge writers out there. He gives some interesting takes all the time. Um, and, you know, I'm curious. Is, he he, there? is that who you just signaled to? Is he in the room with you? <laughs> yeah, he's actually right there. He's, he uh, he's my producer. He Yes. <laughs> I, I really want to know what he thinks. Like, is this worse than that elimination? For you guys who haven't read the article, it was the Elim with Jenna, Theo, Corey, and was it Latoya? Who was the other girl? Latoya? No. Uh, Anika? Uh, Anika. Yeah, Anika. Yeah. There. So yeah. her. So it was it was that elimination where they had to jump off the tiny platform with the weird ass balls in their hand. Uh, it, and was, it was just, it was a rigged elimination to make sure that Corey and Jenna didn't go home. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, and see, I remember saying that at the time, and a couple people were saying that, but everybody was like, "No, no, no! Corey and Jenna are just that good. They didn't rig it for him." And we're like, "Yo, that was production bullshit all the way through." Mm. Yeah, and I wonder if this was, if to me, this feels like less of a setup to get someone out and more of a lack of thoughtfulness. Like it was yeah, more. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. There was just no planning involved whatsoever. Um, and I wonder if, I mean, I know that there's been talk online and things like that about the rules that production had given them. Because, uh, you know, if you guys aren't aware, after they announce, you know, after TJ gives the general instructions, they have about 20 minutes to talk to production and ask them all the questions they have about the elimination or the challenge. So that way they get all the rules out. Um, and nobody does any mistakes or, or DQs on accident. And apparently, you know, moving and things like that was against the rules, at least as we're reading online. So I'm wondering, I mean, I don't know. It felt like Georgia was moving. I know she was talking a lot, but it also looked mm -hmm. as if she was moving. It looked like she was jumping a bit, uh, wiggling, you know, making it really hard for Wes. And Nani was just sitting still. I mean, it was a bit strange. I think that there needs to be some improvement on the communication side between production and contestants for elimination, because this is the second elimination during the season yep. that there's been issues going back to the Ashley cam elimination versus Josh and Amanda, where clearly production isn't thinking it out well enough because, and this is, this is well known for people who listen to podcasts and get the inside scoop on the show that when they should, uh, when the contestants come in and they see an elimination or they see a challenge, uh, what you don't see on camera is that after they do all the recorded parts where TJ explains it, then they have a Q&A session and everyone's mm -hmm. allowed to ask questions about what they can and can't do. 
And it's like a really thorough Q and A too, yes. apparently, you know? And, and that's, that's what, um, you know, Susie and Sarah have said that that's where Evan and Kenny and Johnny were really adept was that they, they thought out every single possible angle that they could ask. Well, so we can do this, but we can't do this. And they would almost, they would almost find corners to get their, their themselves around mm. uh, and kind of talk production into circles. And Really, it's just about if you're going to have, you need to think out every possible angle of it and you need to be prepared for everything that people are going to ask to do. And it seems like there's stuff coming up in these eliminations where production wasn't ready for it. And I don't understand that. Well, it's, I feel like they're ready for it, but they're not, it's almost like they're not executing their rules. Like they're not actually following through on the rules they're giving during those Q and A's because like with the Josh and Amanda elimination, they expressed that you couldn't do that the back-to-back. So it was a rule. Amanda and Josh were yelling during the elimination when they saw Cam and them uh, doing the back-to-back thing. And yet production still let it slide. And again, now with Georgia, I'm pretty sure people were yelling as well to production that she was moving, things like that. And Mm -hmm. so it's almost like they're seeing it they're telling them the rules beforehand. It's like they're lax parents, you know? They're like the cool parents who are letting their kids just get by breaking the rules with things after the fact. But the real problem here is that these challenges are now worth so much more money that you can't, like, you can't do that. You can't half-ass your end of the referee side of being production. You can't mm-hmm. do that because a million dollars, 750K, whatever it is for first place, like, that's a big deal. And so to let it be so lax and to not you know, I don't know, it just seems, it seems as if they aren't understanding the severity of what they're doing. And especially in terms of watering down, like production to the audience, because now we see this and we think, well, okay, like, so what else are they rigging? What else are they doing? How, you know, how else are they being relaxed in the rules? And it doesn't give us much confidence. I think it's pretty spot on. I, I don't really have anything else I, I, I can add to that. I mean, that's that's what we're seeing. Uh, and it's just something to focus on, clean up for future seasons. So now something else in the elimination I really want to talk about, though, and not to do with production, was do you think Wes's tactics were intentional? Okay, here we go. I've got two thoughts about this. First, I don't think Wes's tactics were intentional. Um, okay. I know that... Wes, uh, the, the only thing I would say is that it, it is possible that Wes would want Georgia to continue in the game because it's someone that he can keep throwing under the bus. Um, but I think he would have felt more comfortable with – I almost feel like at this point, since it is individual – everybody was probably anticipating like, okay, this might be a solo final. It might be like a one winner generalist final. And yeah. at that point, you know, you'd want Nani there. Mm. Um, my second point is that Nani, I understand in that moment, she was like, okay, fuck Hunter. He's a man child. I, I want Wes to help me with this because Wes is, you know, he's a crafty guy. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is probably really good at finding, finding the, the shortcut here and, and breaking the format and like duct taping the ship out of Georgia. But Wes is a very upstanding, clean cut guy. Wes mm. is a white collar guy. He's not a blue collar guy. You got Hunter. Where is he, he from? He's from like Mississippi, Georgia. Georgia. Yeah. Georgia. Those fucking people use duct tape for everything. All right. <laughs> Hunter knows his way around a roll of duct tape. Oh. I can guarantee you that. He would have had Georgia locked on that chair. That's a good that's point. All I'm saying. And, and, that's, and that's the only nice thing I can say about Hunter this season because he has been 
garbage. He's been so bad this season. I so so you essentially think that the pro, that the whole the whole fault lied in the fact that Nani picked Wes, not that Wes was remotely intentional in what he did or like anything else. It was just a stupid decision on her part picking Wes. I actually, I mean, I agree with you. Um, Nani should have stereotyped and understood that like Southern people are better with duct tape. Well, I, I, okay. So I would actually disagree with why she should have chosen him, not just because he's Southern, but I think because he is one of those people that like falls head over heels for people, you know, for girls, he's, he's just, he's really emotional and he has a lot of drive and passion. And for him, if he had let Nani down, it would have been heartache in in his soul. Like he wouldn't have been able to live with that, right? So he would have had 10 times more motivation to keep her there and to do a good job than Wes would have because for Wes, it's just like, that's a good friend, but he's so level-headed, he's rational. He's not gonna kill himself if it doesn't go well. And so he allowed, you know, Georgia to get into his head and basically fuck him up the whole way. Um, and I, I mean, what do you feel about Turbo? tying Nani up to that extreme like he didn't go that hard Shani you you're the more world traveled uh person between us I've only been Facts. to uh I've only been to two countries outside of the United States one of which is Canada wow. um have you ever made your way through Turkey have you ever gone I mean you're you're yeah I've actually been- so I used to fly through Turkey all the time um because I love Turkish Airlines uh and but i would stay in the airport like i would just chill there for eight hours because they had this lounge you could pay 18 euros you go in have like free food everywhere delicious like turkish ice cream it was just unreal massage that sounds like a great time um <laughs> were a lot of people using duct tape there like how was the duct tape <laughs> usage in turkey because turbo's technique was i mean it was it was incredible it's almost like he has mercenary experience in his past mm-hmm. and he's had to kidnap mm-hmm. people before that's what i was thinking you know when he was doing that i was like damn turbo's tortured someone like he okay so then you just nailed it so georgia stereotyped her partner that's why she chose turbo she chose a a middle eastern looking man who she assumed had, had duct taped someone before in a mercenary situation and nani should have you know stereotyped and chosen hunter who comes from the South where people will, you know, like duct tape bumpers onto cars and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I'm I saying. Mean, it's a good point. It's a good point. I, you know, at the end of the day, Georgia won that, whether or not it was, you know, a hundred percent fair to our liking, she still won and she's still in the game and it really sucks for Nani. I mean, I feel bad for her having to go on that flight home. That must've been a brutal ride back. Yeah. I think it's bullshit. Yeah. Nani was in great position when this game started. And if they would have continued with pairs all the way through, she would have been uh, spot on. Shani, like, Mike, Mike is swinging. Mike is swinging hard for you in the comments right now. Mike, I got a couple things. One, are you in California? Are you on the West Coast? Two, are you Jewish? Because Shani only dates within the Jewish religion. Uh, Actually, I have a date with a non-Jew tonight. I was see. I was trying to. I, I was trying to help you out, but. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry, you, Mike. I also it's have one on Thursday. I'm dating around these days. It's really fun. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Much yeah. respect. Thanks. Shoot I was watching shot. Celebs Go Dating, which by the way, everyone has to watch Celebs Go Dating season two. The whole thing is on YouTube. Uh, and it and you can start with season one because then you'll get uh, a background on who Joey Essex is. But honestly, that season was fantastic. And it's the season where Bear stands up that girl in that clip that we all see. That's that was, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, that was shared okay. to challenge fans when he stands up Dakota. So you guys need to watch that season. He ends up doing so much worse shit that was just like the first instance of a bad behavior of bear on that season and it was i mean it was 
horrific. He ends up getting kicked out because um, that's when he ends up dating Charlotte Crosby. It's like a whole mess, but you guys have to watch it. If you want some more background on Bear, watch Slubs Go Dating season two. Um, okay, so back to the challenge, Zach. I mean, I, first of all, we're leaving this elimination. We get back into the house. You've got Georgia. She's on a mad high. And we see her pairing up with Devon. They're like teaming up in this, almost like this anti-West, anti-establishment rebellion. And it's funny because it reminds me of what West used to be like back in the day. You know, they're, yeah. they're doing what Wes, they're doing to Wes what Wes used to do to the big mob back then. Like, fuck you. We're not making deals. And, and I, I'm totally down with that. That's always been the style of play that, that I get attracted to. Um, I, I think that, I mean, I hope they both go far. I, I hope they can both utilize this in their favor down the stretch here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Day, she's got a little ways to go. We'll talk about her a little bit more going into next episode. But I did like that. And they realized, they realized the numbers are against us. Kind of everybody's up each other's asses and it's mm-hmm. just us. So... And it's pretty cool to see rookies with so much, like I guess, like balls and charisma. You know, that it's sort of wrapped into one. Like they don't have fear, and they're also not afraid to say it uh, and be loud about it. And it's it's pretty cool. It's cool to watch that go down and you know introduce some potentially uh, long lasting challenge characters for us. Um, all right, so another alliance that we move into in this episode was Kyle and Maddie. I mean, this thing it was like this fight, but it felt really emotional and Kyle is upset with Maddie because Maddie didn't send in Kara and Maddie is, you know, explaining that she is just trying to play her own game and things like that. And I don't know if they were fighting because they were partners and it happened or if they were fighting because they had hooked up and it happened. Uh, but it did feel like there was more emotional strings attached there. I feel like Kyle likes her. Uh, well, first of all, I, and I know the last time that we podcasted, I think, uh, like seven weeks ago, um, <laughs> you had made the point that you didn't really support you, uh, the way that Maddie and D took the deal that Wes laid on the table. And I, I wasn't seeing it as well in the time, uh, in, in that moment. And now, now I see it and I just, I just don't like it. You're right. They just, they, they thought they were making a deal for their own benefit, but really they just, they just got manipulated into serving all the vets that are left serving Wes and Cara. A hundred percent. They did the opposite of what Georgia and Devon are doing. Yep. And it pisses me off also because now they're seeing that and they're not, they're not attributing it to their bad deal that they made. Like the fact that D got voted in, in this past killing floor and what we're going to see in the, in the coming episode in the elimination. I mean, she got voted in by Polly and Polly's attached to Kara. So if Maddie and D can make a deal together to save Kara, how come Polly and Kara don't owe both D that same, you know, respect back. And so it's like, how can you feel like that was a good deal for you to make? How can you feel like you're playing your own game? And now they're kind of both outnumbered massively. I mean, D maybe has Wes on her side, but not really, you know, not when he's not in power, it's, it's useless. One point I want to make is that something I've hinted at with Maddie, Maddie hasn't done that much this season. She dominated an elimination against two twigs that we knew she was going to win. It was an embarrassment. Like, it wasn't even a question. Mm. And other than that, she really hasn't done anything this season. And 
But I, I, feel like, I feel like we haven't had a chance to see her do stuff because the daily challenges, she seems to do pretty decent, but we don't get a, a see, we don't get to see like all of the details that go into that. You know, she did well in the running one with the fan thing. She's, you know, she's done well on quite a few others. We just haven't really seen her beast out. It feels like there has been moments for her to get that there. I mean, imagine line, a brawl elimination with one of these girls. We would have seen that, you know? At- as what what would we have seen? I don't know. She she could she is all on paper. People were saying going into this season, oh, this could be the next Laurel, just because she's a tall girl. Um, who, but mm-hmm. really, okay, I, I get that we haven't. I get that she hasn't proven herself much, but I feel like it's because she hasn't had a chance. Like we haven't really given her much opportunity to shine in an individual instance. You know, the past challenge, what was that airplane challenge? Like that was just a basic mm-hmm. puzzle. Like that was boring, so she didn't do well. But it's not. Her, you know that's not her wheelhouse we haven't seen much crazy like there hasn't been the girls wrestling in a mud pit since week two or whatever it was you know i want to see that again and i feel like, I really like that to we will. See, you know it was a great challenge and and this would really go a long way towards proving who who is up to the standards that people say they are that i think it was the first challenge of battle of the seasons 2012 battle of the seasons two where they're it, it was almost like it, they were like wrestling in baby oil or something yeah right. oh my god yeah, yeah yeah i know what you're talking about it's like super slippery yeah that would be yeah. that would be a good test because that factors in one you've got the goofy challenge side of it because you're essentially you've got you know men and women in bathing suits wrestling and baby oil but two it also takes into account strength wrestling ability balance endurance bless you shawnee um <laughs> i would like to see maddie in there yeah, I could see one of those. You know, they did a challenge like that on Love Island, which, by the way, everybody is coming up very soon. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody's been com- commenting about Joey Essex in the comment section. I just think we should give a shout out to him as a potential challenger for coming seasons. He would be hilarious. He's like bear funny, but way nicer. Like a, a good, solid human being. Like he's not going to fuck somebody around in the same way Bear would, but he's hilarious and he's quite charming. Uh, Greg, I was, I'm not going to call out your fun fact on air because I'm tired of people making fun of the way that I say the person you're talking about. <laughs> I'm going to call out the fun fact. Fun fact is today is the five-year anniversary of Laurel annihilating Jasmine and Balls in. Uh, Calhoun, do you want to repeat that for us? <laughs> I do remember when Laurel, Laurel. Um, Laurel, Laurel annihilated Jasmine. And I'm sure... I wish that challenge fans would have existed back then because somebody probably been like, I really thought Jasmine had a chance there. Uh, just somebody who has like a Jasmine Stan Twitter account. They, they, they would have really been, they would have really been riding her during that. Oh, come on. Jasmine's got this. She's going to be quicker, but yes, Laurel. Uh, I would Laurel love a Jasmine Stan Twitter account. Can somebody please create that? And then while you're at it, make a Tyree account. I'm pretty sure that Jasmine has her own Stan Twitter account. She's been tweeting about the show a lot lately, and she's been trying to insert herself into some drama. So maybe she's trying to get another invite. I don't know. I, I don't really think need to she's see. like a mom. I don't think she would go back. She's so- I'd say, go go to her Twitter. She's she's mixing it up. Um, right. But I would prefer to see John A back, obviously <gasps> over Jazz. John A would be awesome. John A. John A was, John a was great. a badass chick. She's a badass chick. shut down Sarah Rice so quickly. Sarah walked into that elimination thinking she got it. And then she was just like, no, I don't. I lost That's it. number five female challenger of all time, Sarah Rice, to you. Lost in a puzzle. <laughs> I, think I hope that you and Sarah run into each other out there in, in LA sometime. 
We probably, probably live at the event. I'll be probably live within an hour of each other. She lives in Coto de Casa. It's like actually so boring. It's the most Stepford wife community of all time. It's where one of the real houses of Orange County lives. I used to live 10 minutes from there when I went to high school and we would go see the stars like nearby, but it's like the shittiest fucking community. I want to just talk to you off air once or twice a week and just have you give me the whole rundown on, on the layout of California. Uh, you know, from essentially, let's go like Malibu down to San Diego. I just want that whole, all the, all the ins and outs of it. There's definitely a lot going on in California, but I mean, it's all very vanilla. I will say that. Yeah. But when you live out there, you just every, and I hear it on other podcasts, you just talk about it so specifically like, Oh, you know, the corner of ninth and Jasmine or, Oh yeah. You know, that coffee shop, everybody just knows everything about this large Beverly drive. Yeah. Because So the thing is with LA, that's different to a lot of other places. Like New York, you have boroughs, right? Whereas in LA, yeah, there's areas, but for the most part, the whole city is utilized throughout your life. So if you're, you know, somebody who grew up here, you're going to know downtown areas. You're going to know West Hollywood. You might know one area a little bit more, but you'll know how to get everywhere. You'll know the streets everywhere. And, you know, if you live here, it's, it's kind of easy. It's not, but it's not a grid. It's not really a grid like everywhere else. T- streets turn, they wobble. Just they like wobble, just All like right. emotions of Hollywood characters. <laughs> I'm I'm learning, people. I'm trying to pick up on these things. I'll I'll, I'll set foot out on the West Coast someday. Um. All right. Okay. Back to the episode, Zach. We have so much to cover here. Oh God. Uh, daily challenge, day of reckoning. So I mean, I, I don't know. First of all, like when we walk into these challenges now, I get a little bit of a pit in my stomach that it's going to be disappointing because they've been so lackluster lately you know and Mm -hmm. so I'm just like oh what's this going to be and it's going to go by fast and it's just going to be whatever um and I was excited for this one uh but it I don't know it just like it feels like it was rushed a little bit it felt a lot like the uh challenge in battle of the seasons too it's actually funny we're mentioning bots too so often in this episode but it reminds me of that that episode um in bots too where like they were all yelling at Sam or they were all yelling at somebody and she was like climbing up the hill. Do you remember that oh, one That challenge? was the final. That no, was the not, final. Not the final. It was another one. It was, yeah, and they're not- pushing up the, Sam! No, Sam, that was, like the that was like the dramatic <laughs> yelling. I'm talking like the middle ground yelling. There was another challenge very similar. And uh, and it just really gave me that kind of vibe of that when, I, when it was like the Natalie fight and things like that. But we didn't really get to see much and we don't really know how they won. It pisses me off when they do this because we don't get to see who is truly the winner. It's just what production tells you. Um, Oh, for the breakdown, if you guys didn't watch this, although I'm sure you did, uh, Day of Reckoning was essentially where they had to gather all of this junk and put it into a wheelbarrow or carry it and bring it to a giant dumpster. And whoever had the most weight in their dumpster at the end of the challenge won. Uh, And the big, you know, the big ish was the fact that it was such a long trek to and from the junk to the dumpster uh so you know it, it was looked like a hard and grueling challenge it looked very like staff and tetanus infected uh like sort of dangerous almost but again the format of it doesn't really give us much in terms of believing production like do you believe production with this let me tell you what i there, there was obviously it, it was heavily edited the way that they had to present it first and foremost they edited it to make it look as if Natalie and Turbo, you know, didn't make it back to their, their trash bin one single time. And all of a sudden they're, they're in the, you know, they're, they're in the tribunal. 
no they like made that. it back they made it back more like you you see them make it back once but yeah i hear that you know and it's just and it's just what did they bring there i mean i don't know it's just weird i don't like these you know you know what would have been a great way to do this remember that one where they had to hold up the cages Fuck, what what challenge was that they were had to hold up the cages is that also bots my dreaming it would be really fun oh yeah i think it is and people putting rocks in them yeah and big easy i think it is boss okay this is actually uh, that's the third that's the so, third record i'll hold this all day keep going keep going i'll <laughs> never forget like him carrying it because it, it was uh anyway so basically they're holding it up and you get to see it because they have to let it go you see the weight you know what i mean it, it's sort of like a scale factor yeah all right i see where you're coming from if it was something where we can tell what's going on like they lose and they're like oh i love lost we don't get any of that you know we we have none of that from these kind of challenges it's all so edited i don't like it that's not the the last time we're going to mention big easy tonight by the way so so hold hold on to that thought but i will say the one good part of this challenge um yo kyle getting all the paint all over his face that's (laughs) one of the gnarliest things i've ever seen that's like legit dangerous paint exploded on him and mm. got in his eyes and like like <laughs> that could have been with, they bad. were with sharp metal they had like <laughs> dangerous paints around i mean the fact that all of this stuff was going on it was it's it's almost like there's no regard for their safety anymore like zero regard could you imagine getting cut by one of those rusty pieces of metal no Ugh, like what would have happened you know that gash that hunter had or like just i'm thinking of all of the bad cuts in challenge history if one of those cuts had been done by a nasty ass staph infection piece of a rusted gross metal like that would have been horrific Ugh, i don't even want to think about it um greg brings up an excellent point yes real-time dumpster weight scoreboard like yeah. what they don't the show doesn't do this anymore and they need to we want to see what times people are getting we want to see where everyone stands while they're in the challenge because it's so easy that's why you have all the conspiracy theories. That's why people think that every single thing's manipulated because some of it probably is. Not every time, but production's not doing that for a reason. They don't want you to be able to follow it. They want to have that wiggle room. Exactly. They do. They want that wiggle room. And that's the problem. And to me, it's like at least put an effort into showing that you're not rigging it. You know what I mean? At least try. Like at least yeah. put a fake scoreboard there of the weights so we can kind of get a feel like we're a little confident in you. But to completely just disregard that and act like we wouldn't notice or wouldn't care, it's uh it's just it's 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 a shame because it gives less of a full, complete feeling when you're watching it. It's it makes it less of a sport and more of a TV show. And I much prefer when it's more of a sport and less of a tv show uh mm-hmm. so so that's definitely a factor um i know Corey in the comment section right now just mentioned that uh you know never thought i could like kyle but dude kind of did a 180 for me this season and i totally agree with that i mean we have my newfound love for kyle has been shining throughout this whole season and he just keeps making me like him more and more with every episode he was great really enjoyed kyle mm. yeah he's, he's really really growing on me i think now that he's it's almost like because I don't know if, if editing is trying to do it this way or not, but they are giving us a great side of him uh, now more than other episodes. Um, okay, so, you know, the challenge, whatever goes on, um, we see everything happening. One thing I did notice is when Theo is standing on the ground while everybody is standing on the platforms when they're reading out, like, who won and things like that, Theo is literally the same height from the ground as people standing on these massive platforms it's honestly hilarious uh he's just so yeah we don't have to do height truther things for theo (laughs) 
Um, it's just so lanky. It's ridiculous. I, I do need to point out again, guys. Remember on this very show, we interviewed Paul Calafiori. He said he was 5'9". He's not 5'9". Why? What do you He's think? He's not 5'9". Just, just look at him next to people. He's like two inches taller than Kara. It's crazy. He's not two inches tall. Kara wears uh, heels a lot when she goes out. Yo, people, when you watch this show tonight, I just want you to pay attention to where Paulie lines up, okay? That's all I'm saying. We got we to meet him in person, and then we'll measure him. We'll bring, like, a tape. <laughs> <laughs> we'll settle like the score alright yeah. Tribunal ends up being Polly and Georgia Turbo and Ninja Wes and Davon uh, and probably my favorite moment of this whole challenge was Davon trolling Wes the whole time throughout this because she had asthma you see her taking out her inhaler like he's obviously not trolling but she knows uh, you know what before I even forget people are going to get mad at us if we don't talk about the Ninja blow up all right, I was going to bring it up later, but we could talk about it now. Um, I this, personally think... You go first. I think it is... I mean, this factors in later to the episode and also into episode 13. I think it's complete and utter bullshit that someone could take something so personally as like an emotional outburst and then choose to not be friends with someone because of that for the dawn of time. Like, it's actually crazy to me how hard Turbo took that. I've yelled at my friends worse. My friends have yelled at me worse. People yell at each other all the time like that when you get emotional. She could have easily been on her period and been acting out. We have no idea what was going on inside of her. She was acting all right. She was acting all right. That's all awesome. Okay. okay. All right. If it was acting, I think it would have been more obvious. And I think Turbo would have been less angry. Um, but the whole thing was just total bullshit to me. Like, who holds a grudge for that long? What the fuck is that? Oh, I'll tell you who holds a grudge. Challenge fans. Challenge fans never let anything go. It's the craziest thing. I will ever. never forgive Susie for the way that she acted on Gauntlet 2, ever. I, somebody said that to me before. That's insane. Like, who even cares? Susie's shitty, but not because of that. Because of her <laughs> modern day work. <laughs> That's a scorching hot take. I don't subscribe. Love you, Suze. It, Anyways. insane. I mean, I know you probably disagree with this, but I just think Turbo's nuts. Like, I saw him. I, I lost so much respect for him in the past two episodes. Like, a lot. Hardcore. This is the one thing that I support about this with, with Turbo. Is that Turbo, in his Turbo way, made it very clear that he's like, wait a minute. Why, why are you acting up? Why, why are you freaking out right now in front of the camera? He made there if you have to watch it again, but there's a line in there where he made it very clear that she was putting on. She was putting on all of a sudden. And this is what I will say. I'm talking right to you, Ninja Natalie. You've been wallpaper all season long. You know it. Somebody in that house told her, they said to you, Natalie, you're not gonna get any camera time like this. You gotta, you know, you gotta pick your spot. She got loads of camera time. Yo, she put on the fakest act that I have seen in a long time on that show, a complete bullshit scripted blow up. So now in my opinion, and some people who follow my work closely on the pages may have seen that I said it's the trifecta. One, she's a fake athlete. Two, she's got no personality. Three, now she is faking her a drama on the fake show. Athlete. Fake athlete. A she's fake, a fake athlete. athlete. She could literally rip you to shreds. She oh my God. Rip no. you to no. shreds. No, she oh my God. Oh my she God, Calhoun. She would literally destroy. She could take her two hands, 
take your arms, oh pull you apart, and you would just be in half. Like, that's how strong she is. I actually can't believe you're going to say a fake athlete. Have you seen her compete in Ninja Warrior? Just the fact that anybody could do those obstacles, that is athleticism right there. That is hand-eye coordination. That is grip strength to the max. That is muscle memory. That is training your body to be able to do crazy-ass shit. I mean, I'm sorry, but... Are you done? No. Ninja Natalie, I'm going to speak to you, and this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. I know for a goddamn fact that you didn't play sports in high school. I know that you did nothing, anything having to do with organized sports until you were probably in college and you discovered a CrossFit gym and you started doing ninja training. You're a professional upper body lifter, and I don't respect it. You can't dance. You can't do a cartwheel. You can't hit a baseball or a softball. I guarantee you you don't know how to throw a ball. Come at me, Ninja Natalie. I'd Fake actually athlete. love to see her come at you. I'd love to see a showdown between Ninja Who and Calhoun in the gym. Gym me. <laughs> I'll take her to the YMCA and we'll do all kinds of crazy stuff, all kinds of crazy lifts. I'll take her into the gym. Oh my God. She would kill you. Badminton. She would kill you. You can't possibly believe that you would even have a chance no. against her. You no, are Rosie's so right. Rosie's right. She's a fraud. No, Mike, no, no, that's Mike. That's Zach Cooper that loves Corey. <laughs> you see that? Is this the same Zach that loves Corey? That's Zach. Hey, they Cooper. both have H's. You can't you can't hate him for getting confused. Um, all right, listen, Ninja. Acting or not, the whole thing is just so stupid on Turbo's end. How are you going to hold a grudge like that? You have an ally in Ninja, a strong female ally in Ninja, a friend too. And you have a friend in D. Like they both blew up. They both got a little angry. They both said sorry, genuinely meant it. And I think there's a big argument going on in the challenge fans. It's like, oh, well, Ninja and D only said sorry because Ninja got on the tribunal. And it's like, I actually think that that's a load of bullshit because Ninja took to Twitter, called herself a hypocrite, and was like, listen, I am so sorry for what I did. I did exactly what I got on bear for doing and being about sportsman. And, and she, she owned it. She owned it f- fully. There was zero deflection in that tweet, zero deflection in her owning that behavior. And so the fact that people are claiming that she wouldn't say sorry if they hadn't won, I think that's total bullshit. Ninja would have said sorry either way. Of course, that's an assumption on my end. But to assume that she wouldn't have if they lost is an even stupider assumption. Uh, and I think that that's a big argument that just needs to be shut down ASAP. And on top of that, just the simple fact that somebody can have the audacity to throw away a whole friendship based on one tiny yelling spree to me is crazy especially no offense to turbo but he's from turkey and turkish people similar to my middle eastern ancestors are loud they like to yell so if he can't handle two women yelling for five seconds i mean that's insane does he have any sisters like does he have a mom i'm sorry but that's crazy people yell all of the time and they say sorry right afterwards i literally get into fights with my friends all the time they're very brief fights it takes about zero seconds to finish them and to get over them but they still happen you know sometimes i'm sad about something and so i take it out on somebody else i yell i scream i get a little loud but it doesn't mean that i'm trying to yell at that person it doesn't mean that i'm trying to be mean to that person and if my friends can't handle me at my worst they don't get me at my best and i think it's total bullshit total bullshit that turbo is expecting them to be these perfect souls when he is fucking up as a friend right now and he's not forgiving them. And in the same light that I think that they 
should have been forgiven easily because of this. I think Turbo should be forgiven for not holding a grudge, but I think he should learn and apologize for it. And if he owns it, then that's fine. And then you move on from there. I don't think that anybody should hold a grudge against anyone in that situation. I think it's so stupid. And it feels almost like a middle school fight. This is what it feels like. Well, first and foremost, if my friends can't handle me at my worst and they don't get me at my best, totally support it. Very relevant to our lives in recent months and years. Um, however, uh, it also means that they're, uh, if, if they can't handle us at their worst, they don't get us at their best. That's also because they're fake friends. And uh, Ninja, she has established through this that she is fake. She's a fraud. Well, why um, would Ninja be the fake friend if in this situation, Turbo's well, the one? Faker. She's just a faker in general. So Turbo's already cutting off. He's like, oh, look at this fake acting in front of the camera chick. Axed. She ain't on Turbo's list anymore. Don't you think people say that all of the time on these shows just to make it out so that people don't think that what the other person is doing is genuine? Listen, Shani, the comments agree with me. They agree the with me. No, they one. don't. They do not agree with you. Make Actually, sure. No, they all... don't. Only Rosie doesn't. Okay, maybe other people don't, but Rosie's the only one who's outwardly spoken, not agreeing with me. Who else? Jessica said, preach. Listen, make sure that our new show producer cuts these last like five minutes or so. All right. Alon. We're posting this shit. Alon, you heard that? Alon, cut that. People want to see this. And also, D, you can get some of this smoke as well. You had no place in that argument. You know who else wanted that camera time? D. Oh, coming in to defend she your good saw, yeah. Oh, my God. The yeah. fact that Challenge oh fans... Wait, wait. The God. fact that Challenge fans are getting mad at D for chiming in when one of her friends was getting attacked is insane because Challenge fans will chime in when someone they don't even know is getting attacked. They will chime in when a random human being that they watch on TV is getting attacked. They will chime in hard. They make scan accounts on Twitter to defend that motherfucker. They dedicate their lives to defending that one person. And D can't chime in to, to, to help a real-life friend that she sees maybe going through something emotional and going through a moment and getting a yell out by a friend. I mean, we have no idea what they showed us in that thing. They could have easily cut out Turbo yelling because they want to show Turbo in the best light possible. They want him to get the best edit. They want him to be like the prince from Turkey that mm-hmm. everybody loves. I'm sorry, but I think that's actually crazy. Challenge fans don't have a leg to stand on when it comes to criticizing D for chiming in. All we fucking do is chime in. All we do. Every Listen, single day. D- D chimed in to protect the attacker. And in my life, that's something that I stand against. And I always will. Blah, blah. Oh, Logan from Ron Bananas Podcast is big time team Shawnee over here. Bottom line is this is is an entertaining program because there is a lot of podcasts out there where it's very ho-hum. You don't get any of the disagreements, but... This is this is just a straight up disagreement. We're on completely opposite sides of this and yeah, Zach comes like, from an uneducated perspective, guys. You have to understand <laughs> that this is where the big differences lie. <laughs> so there's always going to be some combative bullshit on here. But I, I didn't mean, go to private school. Uh so I, I don't have I that, that shiny <laughs> private school education. I did do that. I did. I did. Um, all right. But private school is bullshit. They just inflate grades. It's all a load of bullshit. Everybody <laughs> send your kids to public schools and teach them shit at home. School is crap. All right. Um, so let's let's go on from this because we'll talk a little bit more about this in episode 13 as well. It comes up again. Um, and I know people have a lot of takes, but that was, I mean, I've been dying to say all of that on the Facebook challenge fans as well on all of the groups because it's just like ludicrous how much people are like shitting on D. People hate D right now. Like one, see, this is something that I hate about the challenge fans too, right? 
they love someone. They just mm-hmm. love them. They're like eating mm-hmm. them up. This is the best new person on the show. They're amazing. Slay girl, slay. Oh my God, unbelievable. And then instantly one thing happens and it's just like, whoa, that entire person is shit. That whole person sucks. They're evil. They're terrible. It's like, I'm sorry, but one mistake makes that whole entire human being crap when you yourself was just like praising them to the freaking roof and back. How is that even possible that you can love someone so much and then switch on them like that? I just think it's crazy. One mistake. None of you guys have made one mistake before. One, not one. You yelled at one person. I think that's crazy. If you haven't yelled at someone, go outside and go yell at someone. Okay, just for the sake of it. It feels great. You guys should really just do it. I just hate that I can't go on Challenge Fans or Challenge Talk and say something about Kara. Oh my God, my dog. He just I can't do it without someone. My dog, hold on. You do what you got to do. I'll carry the conversation. I know people have accused me of not being able to do this. And you know who you are out there. I see you. I see you in the comments. I see you watching. But I can't say anything negative objectively about Cara Maria without someone coming in and being like, oh, well, you don't say that about your lavender losers that you like. No, just because I disagree with Cara doesn't mean that I have to ride with the other side. I don't take sides. I'm on the side of logic and reason, people. I like who I like. I don't care what side they're on. Wait, who's giving you shit for liking Cara? It's when, when you go on like and you have some, and you have something to say, like if, if I say anything negative about Cara, somebody's going to chime in and be like, oh, you, you just like the lavender ladies. Uh-uh. Mm. It doesn't work like that. Mm. It doesn't work like that, people. That's what yeah, I'm trying to tell one. you. That's a big one. People do that all the time. I mean, it's just like, it's okay. These groups are so full of assumptions and crazy shit. Like people hate Dee and Ninja because they assume that if Ninja didn't get in the tribunal, she also wouldn't have apologized. Like, what the fuck is that? How can you hate someone based on an assumption you're making? It didn't even happen. Like, it's just so crazy to me. Think before you guys fucking hate. Um, okay, there, there's a lot of things I want to address right now because the comments are coming in fast and furious, but I, I, also, I also hear what, what you're saying. Um, first and foremost, yes, there was some controversy that I did make a comment uh recently <laughs> comparing Kara to Dario and saying that Kara Kara's she she's played like Dario but but with more respect the last couple seasons. You know? She won vendettas, but it was like she didn't do anything. She mm-hmm. she gets a free she she now has a free pass to the finals on this season. And it's like she doesn't do anything. And everybody made fun of Dario for just sleeping and all this stuff. I, I don't know, man. But we don't see Kara sleeping all day. Like, it's such a different comparison. And also, I, I hear you in the fact that, like, Kara hasn't done much. But I think that she hasn't done much because she has developed and nurtured relationships throughout all the seasons and also made a name for herself as a really scary female to go against. And therefore, now is coming back with all of this clout that allows her to skate by a little bit more. But it's not like Kara's always skated by. I feel like she's earned the ability to skate by because of all the things that she's done. She's not coming in fresh as a rookie and just getting it, you know, like how Dario did. Dario came in, it was like his first two seasons. He was like sleeping the whole way and just nobody even knew who he was or where he was going. I mean, the guy made one move, sending in Sylvia. Like, it was crazy. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's necessarily a fair comparison. Also, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to flesh it out a little bit more and then start – I'm going to start dropping it a little more and really get people riled up. All right, you think this one through more, and then we'll, we'll see how it goes down. <laughs> 
Okay, so back into the episode. We finally got back. They announced the tribunal. You know, we we already said that here. Um, and there's one thing that I have to say. After they announced the tribunal, we got a lot of tweets, right? We got a lot of tweets saying from people, a lot of the challengers saying that they have now been uh, written in the history books as the challengers my dog keeps eating shit as the challengers who uh, have won the most daily challenges in a season. And this tweet or this like info oh, was dropped God. by Wes. It was dropped by Polly. It was dropped by Kara. And it's just such bullshit to me that they would take a season like this where first of all, everything was pairs. There was three winners per daily challenge. They're okay? counting themselves as winners for getting third place. Three teams, six people, I mean, what percentage of that is the actual cast? Like, that's ridiculous. So the That's what I'm saying. You legit had all season long, like, a 40% chance to agreeing. It's so cute. There should be, like, I probably probably just clipped my mic on that. Like, somebody (laughs) do the math on that for me. How many teams did the season start out with? And it's, like, you top three gets in. Yeah, like, it's so up. easy. Yeah, you cannot. It's so easy. You just, you just can't claim this is like, oh, no, I'm top challenger. I won all the I, dailies. Like, this is the best thing. That, this is the best part is that Pauly, who, listen, we're cool with Pauly. He came on the show and gave us a great interview. Um, he sends out this tweet or this Instagram story. It's just like, I just won my X number of cha- daily yeah, challenge daily on the season. And now I'm the all-time record holder. And one. Not only is it stupid because of the top three, but two, people pointed out that that was factually incorrect Mm. because there's team challenges where teams have dominated and won that many more challenges. Yeah, they they called them out. They said, I think Julie had won like 11 or 13 or something like that. I mean, there's definitely higher numbers in there. Jody, Was it Jody Jody. or was it Julie? Mormon Julie? Like, yeah, one of those team challenges, no? I mean, well, maybe on a, on a big time one, but I, I know on individual challenges, J- Jody won a shit ton on the duel. On, on duel, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jody was killing but, that season. Yeah, like the you know the road rules team on Inferno, mm. the uh, veterans team on Gauntlet Three. Exactly, crazy. they just have no. It's just crazy how they're like they're promoting themselves as like, oh, this is like some crazy stat. I mean, give us something good if you're gonna promote a stat, you know. They've done impressive shit. It's not like Polly hasn't been impressive, but this is just not one of those things. And so it was a little bit of a unnecessary uh self uh, inflation there. But you know, Wes started it. It wasn't Polly who started it. Everyone's getting on Polly, but Wes started that. He's the one who put out that tweet first, and I thought that was total bullshit. I'm, I'm disappointed that, yeah, I'm disappointed that. Everyone Zach loves Wes. We love um, Wes, but come on. I mean, come Zach on. Zach Cooper, I will answer that question when we get to the next episode in a couple minutes here. Would Kyla be Polly and Hall Brawl? Mm, I'd love yeah. to. So let's, let's, let's try and put a bow on this episode since we have to cover, an- cover another episode. Yeah, and then I have to go feed a baby after that and watch the show. So we're, we're really like, yeah, we're running full gamut tonight. Okay, so we're going through quickly. Hunter's tantrum happens, but we don't care. I don't think anybody does. No, um, no, <laughs> we don't care, Hunter. Are you serious, dude? You know, anybody who disagrees with my take that Nelson is is the best of the young bucks. Like in, in terms of true competitor wise, Nelson is the best. You're crazy if you disagree. Zach Cooper, you can disagree because you're a Corey Stan, and I think it's hilarious, and I'll allow it. But everybody else, Nelson, by far, Zach is, Cooper gets is, to go ahead. <laughs> he's the best of. Well, he's 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 a Zach with an H. We stick together. <laughs> Nelson is the best of the young bucks, hands down. I I, I don't know if you uh, is Devin one of the young bucks because he's no. my Devin would be okay. 
He would be my favorite if he was one of the Young Bucks, but he's not the best overall. Nelson has proven he's the best competitor, and he's Mm. I mean, none of them are good politically, but he's better than they are. I, I think after this season, I would agree with that. It, maybe if it was before, I would argue for Hunter a bit more, but uh, uh, I'm not so sure about that. Although they both really suck at soccer between Nelson and Corey. And that, that was, was, it was legendary. But, but Nelson won, bottom line. Nelson beat Corey, and Nelson's also beaten Hunter. Um, Hunter, al- Hunter always talking shit about how nobody can, nobody can hang with him physically, and Nelson took him. Yeah, people can Nelson hang with him t- easily. It's like not that, bu- it's not that hard. Um, okay, so Enos is in here. Maddie and Kyle, we talked about that a bit, but they get into more of a fight in the night out, and then we go into the killing floor, and dun dun dun, we continue into episode thirteen. Now, I personally think that this kind of a cliffhanger is much more warranted than the one that we got before, because cliffhangering mm-hmm. before we fucking get to Georgia and Nani's elimination is the most ridiculous thing. Ever. Our first cliffhanger, and it was the worst one. It was so Wasn't bad. even a setup yeah. for a good match. So what a contrast. Solid. Yeah, this one was it was definitely the exact opposite. Um, so we head into the killing floor, and uh we know that Kyle's going in from the from the episode before, and Kyle picks Theo. What do you think about this choice? I, I wasn't so sure that this was the best move to make. I think it was the best move to make, and and it showed that Theo was a little soft when it came to the contact. Um, I think if Kyle had a little more juice left in the tank, if Kyle was not nursing like a broken toe, I think I believe that, that at least some of Kyle's injuries he was saying he had, I believe that they were legit. Um, yeah, and, and I do. He, I do also. He, he looks like a wreck. Yeah, I would assume that. Uh, let's also remember that, like literally that same day, he had gotten paint blasted in his eyes. Mm. Um, I do think that that was the right move. And Kyle probably had a pretty good scouting report on Theo and knew that maybe he's not all that when it comes to the contact part of it. Yeah, that's, that's true. And he knows, you know, they've been in the house for so long together. So he would know Theo's vibe. Like, is he going to be an aggressive guy uh, going into something like that? Um, It, I feel like because of how Theo did, I'm not sure if this is really the reason. Once we get him on for an interview, we can ask him. But he spent a lot of time in Thailand recently doing a lot of uh, Muay Thai and MMA and and all that different kind of fighting. So it feels, and him and Bear as well. So it feels almost as if they both went into these physical eliminations, didn't do that hot, and then went and started training, uh, you know, in MMA in Thailand with these badass fighters. And so they're trying to develop those skills. They're trying to sort of boost that part of their repertoire for the challenge, which makes they identified the weakness for sure. Yeah, yeah. So now, now uh, let's focus just on Hallbrawl itself here. So we get the tease that it's going to be a Hallbrawl elimination, which is a great promotional move by MTV by by BMP. You you get that look at the Hallbrawl, and then that gives them a week of promotion. And mm-hmm. it's one of their two signature eliminations, along with Paul Russell. Those are the two that always get brought up. It's it's essentially how people, and I don't support this at all, but it's it's how most people judge the game. It's like, okay, well, who would win in Hall Brawl? Who would win in, in Paul Russell? That's who's the best ever. That, and that's it's not how really my favorite elimination, yeah. I gotta say. I will I, so I have a couple thoughts on this. First of all. I'm going to assign credit to both myself and to Big Easy. Um, I think that we influenced MTV's marketing decision. You, you guys may remember that during the lead up to this past week's episode, that MTV and that Challenge Twitter and Challenge Instagram were posting clips of past Hall Brawl eliminations. Yes, and they were saying, all right, here, here's all our classic Hall Brawl eliminations. Here's Zach versus CJ. 
Here is... By the way, that's the best hall brawl. And if anybody wants to argue that, we will get into that. Here's Marlon and Jordan versus Leroy and Ty. By the way, Ty gets so much hate. (laughs) Leroy's a flop. Yeah, Ty watch that elimination I actually, again. I actually really like Ty. I'm, I'm a fan. Yes, Ty, Ty was so much better in that elimination than Leroy was, and the only point they won in that elimination is because Ty fucking bull rushes Jordan almost into the ground and mm. runs him over. Ty was not that bad. People always focus on Ty gassing out on cutthroat once again, and they never let him live it down. They're like, "Oh, Ty sucks," but he Even also Derek, gasses out in the rope. Derek. Mr. MTV, Mr. I won't throw challengers under the bus. I saw Derek commenting and said, like, oh, proof that Ty was always a flop. What? Well, because I feel like Derek so much has hate emotional, even Derek goes at him. I feel like Derek has an emotional tie to that situation because of the fact that he was on that cutthroat team, because of the fact that he was there in person. And I was a little disappointed in D for that. I thought Ty more than acquitted himself in seasons after that. He made the finals on X's. Yes, he had a badass partner, but he also beat Abram straight up in a pole wrestle. That's true. Um, that's fucking up. true. Like people need to recognize that Abe is an animal. And Ty is not that bad. People rip on Ty. I'm not the biggest fan, but he's not a flop. Okay. You know what? So, be an episode of of mis misjudged challengers. We can get into a whole I, bunch of them. Underrated yeah. misjudged. Tell, tell our editor up. to mark uh, that. Mark that down. Mark lot. that down. That's a great idea. Yeah. All right. He's on, so, he's on it. you get all this promotion. And then also they posted Kara's Hallball against Lacey, and everyone's like, oh, Kara's a fucking goat. Dude, are you kidding me? Against because Lacey, she beat Lacey in Hallball? That, that was a sacrifice. Wes knew he You're was reaching. going in there as a You're sacrifice. You were reaching. It so, like anyways. Bringing the lamb then we get to the water. It was very clear that MTV was posting. They were being, like, they were being very picky and choosy with what eliminations they, they were posting. And they weren't posting the West versus Big Easy Hall Brawl. And Big Easy said something on Twitter like, this is kind of stupid. Uh, people just want to remember me. Granted, this is such a Big Easy thing to do. He's like, oh, everyone wants to talk to me about dying on Gauntlet 3 and and how bad I was, but they won't show me beating beating Wes and Hall Brawl. Big Easy will ca- not be in bad. our underrated challengers section. Well, listen, this, this is all I'm saying. I totally agreed with him. I saw what was going on, and I thought to myself, wait a minute, is the challenge not posting the Wes and Big Easy clip because Wes is on the season and they don't want to show him getting rocked like that? Because mm-hmm. it, he pretty much gets backpacked. Big Easy picks him up. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think it's that. Sh- I don't think it's that embarrassing for West to have been annihilated in that elimination. When you consider the size difference, like I don't think anybody is watching that elimination and being like, no, wow, it wasn't fair West, at all." West, like West, is such a flop. You know, like look at him; he's flopping against Big Easy. I don't think anybody thinks that when they see it. So I'm not sure why they'd be so hesitant to show that. It, 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 all I'm saying is Big Easy and I complained about it. And Damn. then it got posted. So, is it possible that maybe it was waiting to be posted? Nope. Nope. <laughs> That's all, all right. I got to say about that. All so, right, Zach now onto the topic. Challenge social media now. Get us to be shared by their fucking page. I've got a a fantasy hall brawl matchup for the men and a Ooh. fantasy hall brawl matchup for the women. Zach Cooper asked earlier who would win in hall brawl between Kyle and Polly. And. Well, I really want to say that Kyle would win. I do think that Polly has some of Jordan's scrappiness to him and also uh, some of that knowledge of how to get low and how to use your speed in the hall brawl scenario, whereas mm-hmm. Kyle would try and get physical. 
Um, that's actually really hard. That's a hard matchup for me to predict. I, uh, that's not so hard for me to predict. I would, I would straightforward give that one to Polly. Easy. You would give it. You would. Okay. I would give oh. that one to Polly, hands down. I think if Polly wasn't as athletic and as smart in terms of like what to do with his body, and and also wasn't as big of a challenge fan because he's seen this elimination as many times as, all, as we all have, you know, he's watched this show since the beginning as well. So I think that if those factors didn't come in, it was just somebody as strong and in the same sort of shape as Polly against Kyle, that would be a tough match for me to decide. Well, I mean, from, from what I saw against, if it went the same way that Kyle and Theo went, Kyle would have won because Kyle would have had such a length and reach advantage on Polly. No, but the reason Taylor why I went that way with against a totally different strategy. For me, the reason why I went that way against Theo was because they were both so lanky. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. one person was getting extremely low versus the other. Whereas if you look at an elimination like Zach versus CJ, right? That hall brawl is epic. And one of my favorite things ever was the fact that the reason why I love that hall brawl so much is because CJ utilized a strategy that I would have utilized and one that I had been waiting for somebody to freaking implement for years and it was when he got so low that he literally lifted him up from his mm-hmm. and so yeah, that was awesome for me if someone like Polly, who's that strong that capable knows the show has watched that hall brawl before for sure kyle's never seen that hall brawl well right? uh, greg makes he a great point run through him greg makes a great point and this stood out to me i would say it was probably the most physical hall brawl we've ever seen in terms of them like r- like really wrestling with each other and the structure of it was different. It was a very narrow hall. Interesting. And, and I think it was more narrow than, other, for example, if you watch the tie in Leroy versus Jordan Marlin, it's very open. There's only yeah. one spot in the middle where it meets together, uh, which is why Jordan was able to maneuver like that. Mm. So if it wasn't that hall, I mean, if Kyle gets his hands on Pauly, I think, it, I, I think that Kyle would have come out on top in that scenario that's an interesting perspective like somebody pinning somebody down on the other end i just feel like paulie is so much stronger physically that he would have been able to lift kyle up i don't know if it would have been straight paulie's only chance i think would have been to get low be fast and get by him if it would have been physical i think kyle would have taken him if if for example if for example they're coming at each other this way right and paulie is able to go like this to to Kyle, he has the he's he's getting that round right. But mm-hmm. if, for example, Kyle ends up stopping Polly from going low, then I think Polly has trouble there because of the fact that Kyle has so much length on him. Was the was the hall also longer? It felt like the hall was longer. Yes, it was very long. It, it was, it was, right? it was that was one thing I, w- I I would say is that it was definitely compare the setups to other hall brawls in the past. It was a much different design. Yeah. Uh, now for my. Female, it was more dangerous too. Uh, it looked my more fantasy, uh, I agree. My fantasy female hall brawl matchup. I said this in the comment section, I think, on Challenge Talk, and people were incensed. People were pissed. Who? Oh my god. Cara Maria people versus so Sylvia. Who you got? Fuck. That's honestly a. Hard... You are, you already know the answer. Sylvia would, put, is, Sylvia would put is, her ass on the ground. My thing is, Sylvia has weight on Kara, which is a big factor in something like this. And on top of that, Sylvia's smarter and she competes better under pressure. Uh, you know, despite what people might think, Sylvia is actually much better under pressure in those situations. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. And we've also seen her like use strategy and, and using her freaking mind when she's competing in those kind of eliminations. And, you know, she has a good chance, man. She has a good chance. That like Sylvia that, would, I mean, Carl would be completely out of her element. 
Kara's all, we, we've already discussed her strengths, especially in eliminations. And she's, she even posted a video this week of her rope climbing. Like that's her, that's her forte. That's what she does. She does all that CrossFit shit. Yeah. She would kill people. Sylvia in a rope climb for sure. So Yeah. But we've seen Sylvia get physical with Melissa in an epic elimination. Mm-hmm. One of the only highlights of that season. Honestly, that was one of the craziest eliminations we've seen female-wise in a very long time. Kara's not fast, okay? So it's not like Kara's going to get further into the hall than Sylvia. They would meet, and I I think Sylvia would work her ass. Just saying. Yeah, the thing is, see, Jessica says, wait, um, every girl Kara has beat has been much bigger than her. But But that's like a a pulling each other away, resisting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my thing is, my thing is that also... I am not necessarily saying the fact that Sylvia would win is because Kara is bad. I'm saying Sylvia would win because Sylvia is good. That's a difference. Uh, Mike, I would say that Sylvia is I'm not Zach. I still have big credit for Kara, but I personally think that when when we're listing out how these two would compete in this kind of elimination, I mean, Sylvia's got the smarts. She has the size on her, and she's also is she's she's the same height, roughly. I mean, they're roughly the same height. So they both get low, like that wouldn't be a factor for them at all um, to play into whatsoever. And I I just think she would have the edge slightly over Car in this kind of situation. She wouldn't get flustered like Car would. You know, the second Car would face that adversity of Sylvia and her not necessarily, you know, her not necessarily wiping Sylvia out right away. I would see Kara getting really stressed out, whereas Sylvia would start thinking, what the fuck should I do? How do I get Yeah, because all, all that would be going through Kara's mind is like, oh my God, everyone's going to destroy me on social media when I lose. Like, she's going to defeat herself, mm. really. Mm. She does that a lot because Kara has a lot of capabilities, but she defeats herself, you know, in that challenge where she, her and Marie were up on the way top and she couldn't like climb over the ropes or whatever it was. That was all mental. You know, she could have easily done that. Um, so... Let's see. See, this is a good one. What has Sylvia done that would make her good? I must have missed it from Jessica. And this is a very common opinion. Jessica's writing it now in the comment section, but I see this all the time. Challenge fans, challenge talk. Everybody underrates Sylvia nonstop. And they actually super underrated. She has proven herself time and time again in eliminations. She won she won against Kayla. Everybody thought that, that was gonna be a slaughter, and she yep. used her fucking mind to think for a second and say, How can I make this tuk-tuk move? She's won against Melissa, who literally has UFC cage fighting experience. Okay. And she she can't, I mean, that was a crazy ass elimination. It showed yep. endurance, it showed smarts, it showed strength. Uh, and, and, you know, it showed athleticism too, because she was able to maneuver her body, get those balls out of the freaking pit and all while being oiled up. So she has to have a lot of stability. You know, she has to have balance. She has to be able to, uh, to keep herself, you know, gripped to anything when you're in that kind of situation. Johnny and Tony. That's true. She beat Johnny yeah. and Tony. And, and you know, that was, good, man. that was not just a mental elimination. That was physical. You had to calm your body enough to keep the water still so you'd be able to build it. And you know Joss wasn't helping her in that. We saw it, you know, right on our screens. So yeah. I'm sorry, but Sylvia has definitely done a lot of damage in, in, in eliminations, and we've seen it. And so for people to say that she hasn't done anything, it's just like you're not watching, you're not paying attention, or you're not... Guys, if you want me to stop you know, coming up with these scenarios about Kara that gets everyone all worked up, then tell your girl to actually go back into an elimination. Stop having the Johnny attitude. Stop playing the Johnny game. Actually go into an elimination and prove, prove that she still does the things that people say. People are talking about shit that happened on free agents. Okay. 
Yeah, that's another thing. Sylvia's that's wins are more recent, you know? Yeah. People are and, talking about shit that happened way back when. Mm, I agree but with that. She, she's playing the Johnny game. You got you guys gotta understand that. I I will eat my you should want her to go into an elimination and you know dominate as everybody thinks she would, because I would eat my fucking words if she did. I would love to see that happen. What could I say at that point? I would make a graphic of you literally eating words. <laughs> a little video all right guys let's move on from this uh we're into the we're into the actual elimination here okay um and we have the first round is going to kyle you see him winning round two that's going to theo round three this is where it gets really close and you hear is it turbo who's like get get the fuck together theo you know do this go under you have to you have to charge so you see a lot of people trying to help him out and round three goes to theo and this was a really awesome, almost an emotional moment for me because TJ goes up and gives Kyle a fist bump while he's lying on the ground. And you hear him sort of say something. Well, you don't hear you see him say something. Richie, hey! Or my dog. Um, you, you, you see him say a little something to Kyle and it seems like he's just giving him, uh, you know, a, a little bit of props there for that crazy ass elimination. And I think for TJ, watching somebody like Kyle compete to that kind of a level, you know, seeing his his progress from the first season uh, to now, and watching him as this this non CrossFit character, you know, this non gym head, come in and give it his all. He, TJ knows how injured he is. He's watched the injuries happen and see this guy just fight. I mean, fight for his life in the game and be so gassed out to the point where he's lying on the ground and he just comes over taps his fist and it is the cutest moment in challenge history for this season with tj because we don't really get to see that much from tj we just get to see a lot of words but we don't get to see those kind of situations and i thought that was really awesome there's a lot of respect kyle earned respect on this season um and i i don't really think that's that's debatable he went in he fought he had a lot of people against him um he got caught up in a really lame storyline that mm-hmm. if you're going to ask me if you're going to ask me which one of those three people doesn't like, like which one of those three people wants to get out of that storyline the most it's Kyle. Yeah. Guarantee. Mm. He, he doesn't want to be involved in that shit. So yeah. he's like, get me the fuck out of here with this situation. Yeah. You could yeah. tell. Um, all right. So then we get this line from Kara that I know you're going to have opinions about. I sure as hell do. And I think it was the, one of the saddest things I've heard on the show uh, in terms like from a female and it was behind every girl that's acting crazy is a guy that made her that way. And I will just not stand for that being fucking aired on MTV and not commenting on that. That is disgusting. No, behind every girl is not a guy that made her that way behind every crazy act that a female does is not due to a fucking man. That is just zero responsibility, zero accountability, I mean, it's so weak. It's so victim-y. It makes me cringe to the point of, like, no return. I just, I couldn't even listen to that and not feel sorry for her having to watch back those words. I mean, that's one of the worst things you could say, degrading your own sex, in my opinion. It just gives no, it's, it's so, I mean, like, do men have that much power that everything we do that's crazy is, is because of a guy that's it's like so mind-boggling how could somebody even feel like they can say that on tv and the worst part is that it's it's like how could you perpetuate that when you claim to be so the opposite of that you know you claim to be so independent you claim to be this strong feminist and and just i don't know it's just bullshit um yeah jessica it is a quote but it doesn't mean we should be saying it 
I mean, there's a lot uh, of shitty I, quotes out there. <laughs> tons. I say, uh, I say no comment. <laughs> I, no comment. That's, 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 that's what I'm going to give you people on it that. Really that had fucking, like, it was just grinding my gears. I just, I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even hear that and not want to puke a little bit. Like just, just mm-hmm. a little bit for all the, for all the fans of Cara out there that are hearing that there are people who probably genuinely believe her now. They're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I'm crazy because of that guy. It's like, <laughs> no, no don't don't think that way don't put yourself down that way nobody has the power to make you crazy nobody literally nobody has the power mike brings up a great point and she she says that line and then gets embroiled in a situation where paulie's cheating on her yeah that was honestly yeah that's actually it's funny that comes after that point it's it's funny to watch this now and then see and like know the drama that happened after because you yeah. sort of connect the dots. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, okay, so we go back into the house. We have more of the tin- the turbo and ninja fight. Tinja would be their celeb name. It's kind of a cool name. Like Tinja. that's good, Tinja. I like that. Yep. I like that. A little Tinja action. A little Tinge. Um, so they have their fight. It sort of continues on, and uh, it's just almost stupid at this point. Like that they're still carrying it uh, and keeping it going. Uh, we go into the daily challenge. We have crash landing. This is the plane challenge. Basically, they have to get on the plane. They have to solve a puzzle, this magnetic puzzle on the, the little tray table. And then they have to jump off the plane. Uh, There's not much to the challenge here. Uh, I did like the fact that we got to see at least people jumping off the order they were jumping off, things like that. I would have liked to have seen more of the puzzle. I, I'm not so sure. I, I would have liked more of the plane to be utilized as well. Like if they had to do something along the lines of where they were hopping on the cars, uh, what challenge was that? Remember that one? Was yeah, that with the tires on the back was of that it? Oh, oh, wait, oh, oh, the one where Leroy almost died. Yeah, that yeah, one. that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that that was vendettas. So something along those lines, you know, a giant automobile or giant like engineered tin thing in the air that they had to do something with physically would have been a lot cooler to me. Uh, but the plane was almost just a prop at this point because all they were doing was being on the plane, solving a puzzle, and jumping off. So they were just solving a puzzle up with a little bit of turbulence and then jumping. So it was just kind of a gimmick at that point. It was more like set design and I wish they would have utilized it, you know, climb through a window, go back in the other window, something cool. Well, that's the thing is that this was a major, major set piece. Mm. Uh, They spent so much money on this. I can only imagine. I Mm. can only imagine. Um, And it was, it was pretty much like the first promotional one of the first promotional things you saw of this season was, was, was that, yeah. that image and that challenge that, that was a big time promotional tool for them. Um, and it looks cool, but yeah, when, when you break down the actual competition aspect of it, it's, you know, this is, this is the randomness of it all. Can, can you really yeah. go in there and say, Oh man, really dominated that thing where I sat in the plane simulator and solved a six piece slider puzzle, got out of there. All right. Okay, you, you do you. I mean, it looked cool. Wes's picture that he posted on Instagram was awesome. That picture is sick. I don't think I saw that. Oh, I did see that photo. I did. That was yeah. cool. It, well, was, it, it, it looks like he's, he's a plane I liked, In my opinion, though, I preferred the visuals of the Mad Max challenge where they were solving the puzzle on top of the... Wow, they're really solving puzzles on top of shit. Like this. Season. Yeah. Where they yeah, were, so, so they spend all the money on this stuff and then they're like okay we'll do a puzzle, puzzle in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it seems to be the go-to like let's get killer props killer set do a puzzle on one of the pieces um but i i preferred that 
I preferred that visual when they were on the Mad Max on that cart. I just love that sand when they're like spinning it through and, and things like that. But I do, I do agree with Greg. Like it was a really good visual, um, you know, cinematography wise, it was fantastic to look at, but I just, I wish it was less set and more integrated in the actual challenge. Um, okay. So they get on there. Uh, TJ drops the complainer line to Kara, giving them all the tickets. Uh, and this is where I noticed something, or I wanted to bring up something that a lot of people have talked about as well on the groups, which is the fact that nobody is mentioning the locations at all when they go to the challenges. In all of the past seasons, TJ has been like, welcome to so-and-so, you know, yeah, welcome to, you know, Porta, whatever. And, and there's always a name drop of where they are and they just are not doing that. And it seems weird to me. That's a great point. I missed that. That's a nice little touch. I like to know where they are because a lot of times, I mean, I've never been to Namibia, but a lot of times I have been to places that they've been. So I'll hear like a name of something and I'll be like, oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah. But they don't do that at all, like whatsoever. Oh, I'm actually going to Cartagena in September for a wedding. So I might go by to some of those spots that they were in. I know where the redemption house. (laughs) You would be. That's awesome. Well, you should. Like I said, we, we need to go around getting pictures you know, actual live pictures of historical BMP locations, challenge locations, real world road rules, shit like that. Yeah, guys, if you guys ever go to a, a real world house or a challenge yeah. location or anything, you take a photo, send that over to us. You can send it to saniacpodcast at gmail.com, to our Facebook page, or to any of us. Most of you guys have us on DMs already. So send that over to us. We want to get a nice collage going of all these spots. Yeah, like, we'll Instagram that out and we'll, we'll, we'll tweet that out. Yeah. Those locations for sure. I know people are going to Denver for the Challenge Mania event. So, you know, go. Uh, and, and some of these houses don't stand anymore. So you just have to go to the old, lo- like the locations where they did stand. And That's do that. true. Yeah, and I would support if that. You guys are wondering June 22nd, I believe it is, the LA event. Please come, 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 come out. LA, Los Angeles, Hollywood Improv is on Melrose. Fantastic location. It's like a really cool spot. Uh, I've been there before for a lot of comedy shows. And, you know, Scott and Derek are going to be there. I think the guests right now are, I forget, I think it's Killian and some. Video. I, I actually don't even know Nehemiah. who I'm going to see, but Nehemiah. I'm going to go see any of them. Um, oh, wait. oh, no, no, I'm sorry. That's Denver. Kellyanne and Nehemiah is Denver. Uh, <laughs> Veronica and Alton, that's LA so far. There we go. There we go. So, yeah. Veronica and Alton will be there at Challenge Mania event. There's going to be a meet and greet, and then there's going to be, uh, you know, the, the, challenge me live afterwards so i am definitely down i'm gonna bring a bunch of joints so you guys can all come smoke with me um we'll all hang out it'll be so much fun <laughs> we can do a little mini saniac gathering if you guys come there um and if you're here for the weekend we could even do something the night after uh so definitely definitely try and make it and if we get jillian guys we might just get zach to come out to california yeah. yes that's that's my promise if the, if the queen's gonna be there i'll make my way there could you imagine if that happens? That'd be quite, the, that would be the first time me and Zach meet. Yeah, it would be. She I'm would be so be... weirded out. I would, I would be like, Jillian, you haven't been on TV in 10 years and really nobody knows who you are, but I flew six hours to see you. Yeah, I flew just, just for you. I'm going to meet just for the you. hosts of, I'm going to meet the hosts of Challenge Mania before I meet the hosts of the Saniac podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. I guess <laughs> I've already hilarious. done the same thing. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> Um, okay, back into the actual plane challenge. So the top guy and girl uh, go straight to the final, which is really exciting. So obviously they're fighting hard. Uh, first guy to come out was Turbo. Second w- person was Kara. Then it was Polly, Wes, Ninja, Georgia, D, and then everybody else times out, which was crazy. 
I could not believe like they all did that badly. I mean, it was just so weird. Uh, So everyone else times out and the top guy and girl were actually the two to finish first. So they got their puzzles uh, correctly all done, uh, which was Turbo and Kara, which means that Turbo and Kara are going straight to the final. I'm sure you are thrilled about this one. Awesome. Sweet. (laughs) Another way for Kara to coast by. All right, Dod- so dodge the la- she dodges the last elimination, the most likely elimination that she probably could have ended up in. That's good. Yeah, that's that's actually true. Um, so the rest of the tribunal members, it was Turbo, Kara, and Polly who came in third. Um, and uh, from their votes, Turbo sends in Ninja, Kara sends in Devon, Polly sends in D. You know, as his last choice there. Um, and then we get into the killing floor. Before that, we have D sort of sorting things out with Turbo, but it doesn't seem to work through. We all already Mm-mm. know our thoughts on that. Uh, but hopefully we'll get into more of that later. D and Ninja recap. both ending up there, just like yep. Turbo wanted. Yep, just like Turbo, the grudge-holding asshole wanted. That's right. Uh, and he's going to be left with less allies if one of them goes. Uh, all right, so then we go into the killing floor. Turbo and Polly both vote D, again proving that D and Maddie's deal with Kara was bullshit because the mm-hmm. boyfriend sent in D, which I thought was crazy. Uh, although I do you know, understand Polly's position. He couldn't have sent in Devon or Ninja. So D was really shot of luck there. Um, and then Kara voted for Devon, of course, that was null and void because D was going in uh, and she hops down to the killing floor. TJ says, blah, blah, blah. And we get coming soon on next week, which will be in 30 minutes tonight. So I'm excited to see yeah. how this goes down. Uh, have you seen any of the previews? I have. Um, I, I have two predictions for tonight's episode. First prediction, I think that Day, I think Devon is going to win the elimination. I think she's going to beat D. I think, I think Dee's so probably in her head big time. And Devon's already proven she, you know, she's, she's got some strength the way she beat Jenna in that pole wrestle match. Um, second prediction, it's going to be a guy's elimination after that. Uh, I really do think that I detected during our interview with Wes that he was intimating that there was some kind of screw job where Wes and where, where Paula, mm. where Paulie and Cara went back on their word to him. It would not surprise me if this is what he's talking about or if this is what he's referring to. He, he said, like, he didn't trust Kara for something that she had done. Wes might get screwed and end up in elimination here. That's my prediction. Wow, that's a good call. I'm excited to see yeah. if that happens. I think that would be cool. Also, they should take a shot at Wes if they can before the final. Just, you know, in terms of strategy-wise, that would be the move mm-hmm. to make. So uh, I would see why they would they would go that route. So we'll see what happens on tonight's episode. We're going to be on Twitter, both me and Zach. Uh, yeah. You know, we'll, we'll give you our takes during the episode and then we'll come back for our regular recap uh this has been an awesome two hour whatever it is that we've been on for right now uh, a little marathon that we did and we will continue it oh, all also, later what you got also say? um oh robert's right i think i think there is a purge here coming so i might be kind of off uh another thing we're going to do oh. tonight on our episode i'm going to break down there are early rumors for season 34 cast Yes, um, yes. So free departure speculation. I'm gonna break we're gonna break that down. Yeah, I don't know too much about them, but I've heard that they're a little bit disappointing. So we'll see how that pans yeah. out uh for all of us for next season. And we are very excited to come back. Check us out at Sanek Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, the whole shebang. And hopefully we will be back in full action on our website coming up soon. Uh super excited for this episode, and we will let you guys know what time we go live right after. We will post a little update on Twitter. So uh stay tuned there. But typically about 30 30 minutes after the episode uh if you're new cannot wait to see you guys zach stay 
bye bye. Deuces. Thank you.